Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? I am always thinking this year, 2022, you guys know what's going on with the major championships this year. You guys know the venues, and of course, St. Andrews is the big one, right? For me, the Open, I always love the Opens at St. Andrews. They're, they're the best, the absolute best events you can go to as a fan. And so, because of that, we got the chief executive for Visit Scotland, Malcolm Roughhead, on the podcast this week. And this guy is unbelievable. He loves, obviously, a huge passion for Scotland and so much history and knowledge of the area of St. Andrews. He paints a lot of great pictures of what it's like to walk on the course, what it's like to be out there. Um, in Scotland at places like St. Andrews and and really around uh, the area. There's so many great venues that are going to be hosting uh, the Scottish Open this year, Genesis Scottish Open there at Renaissance Club there. Uh, CBS is going to be broadcasting it for the first year. There are so many venues that are going to be showcased. Glen Eagles, of course, where the Ryder Cup was won by Team Europe 2014. That's going to host the Senior Open Championship. So many amazing venues you're going to hear about on this podcast uh, for Scotland for this year with Malcolm. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy it. It should be a fun chat here with Malcolm. Before we get to it, I want to talk to you about Encore Golf. And Encore Golf right now, if you order online, Use the promo code B, the letter B, Clubhouse, for Beyond the Clubhouse, and get 10% off when you order their golf balls online. And with them, it's three balls, one truth. Technology matters. Golf is complicated. Choosing the right golf ball for your game doesn't have to be. Encore's three-ball lineup covers the full spectrum of spin, trajectory, and compression to ensure your golf game is completely dialed in. With their direct-to-consumer model, we have a ball to fit any budget. That is their mantra, EncoreGolf.com. Check them out on social media as well. Let's get to it. Malcolm Roughhead, the chief executive for Visit Scotland, here on Beyond the Clubhouse podcast. All right, please be joined by my next guest, Malcolm Roughhead. He is the chief executive of Visit Scotland. And what a time this is. What a year this is for Scotland and Scottish golf, I'd imagine, for you. Malcolm, first of all, how are you doing today? How, what's going on? Oh, it's uh, a lovely, bright, sunny day, in uh, as it always is in Scotland. Um, been a little bit cold, but the sun's out. It's warming up and uh, ideal golfing weather. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's always, it's always good to find... Uh, what, what people think is their ideal golfing weather. The de- definition is is all over the map, depending on who you are. But I would say, um, I wanted to ask you, what's been the important, as we get into the pandemic, still recovering from the pandemic, but I know things are open in Scotland. So what's been the impact and challenge of the last two years for Visit Scotland and Scottish tourism? I think the, the, the biggest challenge, well, it's on a number of fronts. Um, obviously, um, tourism stopped overnight, uh, so you couldn't travel anywhere with all the restrictions. So, from a from a marketing perspective, one of the challenges was to keep Scotland top of mind, um, and to make sure that we kept working with our partners um, around the world 
kept them informed in terms of what was happening because uh, rules and regulations changed very quickly and it all depended at what stage we were at, were we coming out uh, into a recovery phase or did we go back into, uh, into uh, an increase in, in cases. Um, so so that, was, that was quite challenging. From a business perspective, uh, clearly a lot of businesses across the, the whole of the country and the whole of the UK um, in, in general just closed. Uh, and we put in place um, what we what we call the Scottish Tourism Emergency Response Group, uh, and that was looking at how we could help businesses. Uh, the phrase I use is "get to the other side," so that actually, once we came out of the pandemic, they were still fit to to trade and and could bring people back in, um, you know, in terms of employment, uh, and be ready for for uh, visitors coming back to to Scotland again. And that meant that um, we were able to get uh, funding for businesses from Scottish government uh, and uh, Visit Scotland itself is not a, a funding organisation, but we had to uh, pivot the organisation to, to deliver that much needed cash. Uh, and I think we had somewhere in the region of about 18 different funds that, that we had to administer, somewhere in the region of about 100, 180 million uh, uh, pounds uh, went into helping to rescue uh, those businesses and I'm delighted to say that um, at the end of this month, so the end of March, uh, we will have completed all of the, the funds that we were asked to, to deliver uh, and the industry is bouncing back, which is great news uh, as, as obviously the vaccination program has helped. We've been um, pretty pretty quick on that front, um, and that means that the uh, the rules around moving around the country, wearing masks, sanitisation, etc., are still there, but very much just advisory. Um, mm. So people can travel into the country again, which is is great. And the challenge for us now is working with our partners like the airlines, et cetera, to make sure that the, the routes that we've established over a number of years um, are um, reconnecting with, with Scotland to make it easier for people to get here uh, directly. So that's a challenge. And then obviously when you've got an organisation of 500 people, um, you have to make sure that their own well-being is looked after. And so we, we moved from an office-based environment to a home-based environment almost over the space of a weekend. Uh, and um, only now are we we're looking at a hybrid working environment, which is sort of maybe two, three days uh, in an office environment, but actually being able to work from home again. So a lot of different challenges across the way, but um, a lot of great learnings and, and a huge amount of collaboration and partnership right across uh, the, the whole industry. Yeah, yeah, it has been an, an interesting change, like you said, partnerships over these last couple of years. And, and now I look at this year, it's just such a unique year for Scotland and Scottish golf because we are hosting five consecutive championships that span all of professional golf, uh, the open championship, women's events, uh, senior open, there's so many things going on. What is that like? And, and, and what I, I should say, what opportunity does that provide for Visit Scotland? Well, firstly, you're absolutely right, Garrett. I mean, it, it's probably unprecedented that, that we've had so many amazing championships on the, in one calendar year. 
uh, just one after the other. And uh, obviously it's the 150th uh, Open at St Andrews. And um, I, I believe there was something like one and a half million applications for tickets Oof. because, you know, it's such a special event. And uh, yeah. <laughs> So that that is is really sort of the the jewel in the crown this year, and uh, and we're looking forward to to what's going to be a wonderful field and a, and a great occasion. Uh, that allows us also to uh, to look at the Genesis uh, Scottish Open, which is the the week prior, so the week before the Scottish Open. It's the last chance for people to qualify for St Andrews, uh, and that's at the Renaissance Club in East Lothian. Um, yes, great that's, spot. Um, that's right, and it's uh, the first time actually that that we'll have worked with the the South Korean car company Genesis, and uh, I, I think it, it it it's quite exciting because it's also a PGA Tour co-sanctioned event. My understanding is that there's going to be a stellar cast of, of uh, players coming from around the world um, to to participate uh, in in that particular event. And then, you know, for old chaps like me, I mean, we, we've also got the, the Seniors Open, you know, which is uh, is going to take place um, in uh, Glen Eagles. And, uh, you know, many people will know Glen Eagles from uh, Ryder Cup and uh, Solheim Cup. Uh, fantastic uh, number of golf courses up there as well. Oh, yeah. uh, and again, you know, we're looking forward to a really... Um, you know, sort of strong field. Um, and then you get into an area that we've worked really hard on over the last few years, which is the women's golf. Uh, and uh, we have the uh, Women's Scottish Open, uh, which will take place at Dundonald Links, which is in Ayrshire, not far from Troon and Turnberry. That's right. And uh, again, we're, we're looking uh, forward to that because that's um, another co-sanctioned um, uh, event, and then we have the uh, AIG Women's Open in August at Muirfield, uh, one of the great championship courses, uh, and I think that that will be the first time actually um, that Muirfield will will have hosted um, that that particular tournament, and then to round it all off, we have um, the the annual Dunhill Championship. Uh, which is obviously serious golf, but brings in you know a host of celebrities and from your neck of the woods, uh, the likes of Samuel L. Jackson, um, you know, uh, great great uh, characters who who come and uh, and just wander freely around the town in St Andrews and enjoy having a pint with uh, with the locals and swapping uh, war stories in terms of you know how how they uh, how they how they fared on on the fairways. So from our perspective, what it does is it, it reinforces our, our overall positioning, Scotland Home of Golf. Obviously, the, the reach and coverage of those events is huge. Um, but it also demonstrates that, you know, it, it's a progressive sport as well. It's not, uh, you know, it has a rich tradition and, and history uh, in Scotland. It's part of what our fabric of, of life is. But it is it is also you know a major economic driver for the country, uh, and also uh, drives up participation as well. Uh, and we do quite a lot of work around trying to get young kids, uh, and and kids not necessarily from um, you know wealthy backgrounds, but make it much more inclusive. So it really is a sport for everyone. 
Yes. Well, I like how you said it's part of the fabric of who you are as Scottish people, right? And so when I think about that, I, I would ask you, what would you say to American golfers, American golf fans at home that have never been to Scotland? You know, I, I, I was one of those at one point. We've never been. What do we really need to know about the courses, the beauty of the courses and the people of Scotland in those special towns? I think the, in terms of the courses, the, the, there's a course there for everyone. Um, you can bag all the trophy courses, you know, like where the, the opens are, are held. Uh, or you can go down um, to what we what we would call the next level, but the next level actually are as good as championship courses anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, you know that that that's. I mean, we're very spoilt for choice, and whether you want inland, but I would definitely recommend uh, you go to the links. I mean, if you've never played links golf, it is an experience in itself, and it's one you'll never forget. That's for sure. Just make sure that you know you come for all seasons because you can get them get them in a day. So bring bring your sun cream, but also bring your waterproofs. Absolutely, yeah, you've got to be ready for anything. And and I've experienced that playing at North Berwick, uh, Gullin, uh, which is one of the great courses hosted the Scottish Open over the years. Uh, there's so many to choose from. You mentioned the West Coast, Dundonald, of course, hosting you know the, the ladies Scottish this year. I'm looking ahead, and, and I should say. Um, what should we make of St. Andrews as we get to the 150th Open? How special is it for this country to be hosting it, as you kind of alluded to? But also, what does it mean for Visit Scotland? Well, it is it's huge. I mean, St. Andrews is the home of golf, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it's, it's everyone's dream to tee up there on, on the first tee. And uh, it's quite nerve-wracking when, when your name's announced and, <laughs> and, and you either shank it right or hit it left and in, in, into the, the watching people or if you're really good you hit it straight down the middle into the burn um so you know I've, I've seen grown men weep on that first team and and i've probably been one of them myself but it, it yeah. is an amazing experience it's a it's a wonderful town it's a very friendly town uh big university town as well so um you know a lovely mix mix of people but on around St Andrews, you've got Kings Barnes and you've got Crail uh, and Leven and other golf courses that and Dunbarney Links is uh, the new one that, that's opened, which again, uh, it, a Links course is well worth um, visiting. And, and you're you're able to do you know get out and about, walk about. It's very it's very accessible. Uh, the people are, are, you know, so used to, to visitors coming to play golf and, you know, they're very open and warm and, and welcoming and there's great sort of food and drink and restaurants there. So you can spoil yourself in St Andrews or you can spoil yourself, um, you know, anywhere in and around the place. So you don't just have to stay in St Andrews, you can visit and I would recommend playing some of the other golf courses um, because they, they are very, very different. Uh, and, and if you are coming for that experience, then you want to maximize it. Definitely want to. I know Patrick Harrington, I just had him on the podcast last week, two-time Open champion, as you know. And he said that there's three different types of people the week of an Open championship at St. Andrews. There's the students who are just going about their life. There's the visitors who this is the trip of their lifetime. And then there's the older locals who you kind of referred to or, or just the locals. And they're so happy to host and have people come to the Dunvegan Hotel and come to some of these really famous spots, the Jigger Inn. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it's got to be a major source of pride as for, for Scots to have this. 
It is, and uh, you know, it, it's it, it, it's probably one of the most unique golfing towns anywhere in the world, and um, I, I think. You know, there, there, there are many places around the world which are great to visit, but this, ha this has a, a, a sense of its own. You know, there's an atmosphere around it. Um, the buildings are, are, you know, are part of the university fabric, but also the R&A behind you, giving it that, that kind of almost stamp of approval, you know. Um, and even within St Andrews itself, there are different, you know, different degrees of, of difficulty. Um, the worst thing that you can do, of course, is take it for granted. It may not be the longest golf course in the world, but my goodness, um, it, it can um, catch you out, and particularly when that wind blows. Absolutely. And it can make the hairs in the back of your neck stand up as you get to the first tee. As we approach the town, there's just so many uh, just points of excitement, I would say. Oh, the Spoken Bridge. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an embarrassment <laughs> of riches, uh, Malcolm. Well, I'll, I'll be very brief, but I, I remember playing with um, three guys from uh, Detroit and um, they, they were superbly behaved all the way around, didn't ask too many questions and, and they were thoroughly enjoying it. And then we got to the Swilkin Bridge and yes, I had to take a picture of them on the bridge <laughs> with the r &A building in the background. I mean, it, it's a must do, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and we think of the RNA, we think of, of the history of that course, but now go on to Muirfield, as you alluded to, the AIG Women's Open going to be there uh, for the first time ever. And how important a step forward is that in supporting the growth and development of the women's game in Scotland and internationally, Malcolm? Uh, no, totally uh, important. I, I think, you know, it's, um, it sends a signal, you know, that, that the, the, the women's game has been taken seriously that there are some fantastic um, lady golfers. In fact, in, in some cases, it, it's easier to watch ladies playing because technically they're so good. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're able to, you know, sort of follow them and, uh, and look at, you know, just what they do and how they play the game, how they, they, they think their way around it. Having said that, I, I did play in one of the pro-ams uh, and the lady I was playing with um, smashed the ball about 100 yards further than I did. And uh, so when, once I got over that, that kind of male chauvinistic view of the world, I, I was fine. But um, they, I think from, from a, a development of the sport perspective, it's absolutely vital that, you know, we, we make sure that the facilities are there. We give everybody that particular uh, opportunity to play these great courses uh, and obviously what we'd like to see is, um, you know, the prize money uh, being increased as well so that we get to, you know, sort of equality at some point. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge topic in golf right now, um, equality with men's and women's games. Are you already seeing a return as we look at, at visitation in Scotland? Are you already seeing a return in numbers uh, for the U.S. golfing visitors in Scotland this year? Like what has that been like so far in 2022? Yeah, all the, all the reports are that um, the, I mean, interest has always been very high. And of course, you have this kind of pent up demand because people weren't able to travel for the last couple of years. Now that they can, um, there's a very strong demand coming from, from the States. And, um, and that's not just about, you know, around the, the open, it's just generally, and uh, there's um, uh, right across the whole country, you know, so up to, 
Macrahanish and, and uh, the Highlands. I mean, there's all these various trails, golf trails, uh, and they're all reporting very, very strong bookings, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite a year that we've got coming up here. Um, of course, you said the Senior Open, um, so many venues that, that you're showcasing. What what are you most excited about? I know I'm not trying to ask you to pick a favorite child here, but <laughs> what are you looking forward to most about the rest of 2022? And it may be a few things combined, but. Yeah, I think I think from well from a golf perspective, um, I, I think it, it's just wonderful to be able to host all of these events and and to do it uh, in in the way and style that that um, they are hosted in Scotland. Um, it, it is a very uh, as I say Scottish thing, um, so we take great pride in delivering world class events. But there's lots of amateur events as well, uh, and you know. With the the advent of um, people being able to travel into the country, the the whole events industry is is coming back. Um, so what what we're seeing there is community events, international events like the Edinburgh Festival and uh, uh, various other sort of non sporting events. You know, are all beginning to to reemerge. And and I talked about the fabric of life. Well, that that's part of our tapestry. It, are, you know, it's all about those. It means that you can go from anything like, you know, the International Festival in Edinburgh to the Pit and Ream Art Festival, where actually you walk in into people's homes and the art is hanging on the walls. And uh, even if you're not interested in the art, it's always quite nice to see how people live, isn't it? You know, be, it is, yeah. be a little bit nosy. <laughs> but um you know, so we've got so much. The whiskey festivals are all coming back on stream again. Um, and, and and it's so important in terms of, of the economy, in terms of, of um, you know, allowing fragile communities, you know, to exist, which gives them, the, you know, that, that sort of special natural flavour and, and, and the reason why we go there in the first place. So we want to make sure that they're sustainable uh, and uh, you know the, the generations to come will be able to to enjoy what we can enjoy today. Malcolm, enjoyed the time here with you. I appreciate you coming on Beyond the Clubhouse podcast with me. And uh, again, best of luck to a wonderful year in Scotland in 2022. Here, well, thank you. Look forward to welcoming everyone uh, in the summer. All right, my thanks to Malcolm Ruffhead from. Visit Scotland, chief executive coming on the podcast here this week. And listen, I love what he painted, the picture he painted of the first tee at St. Andrews. What is it like? What are the emotions like? So many great moments. So many great moments there on that first tee. Tears from grown men around the world, around uh, basically the U.S., people visiting around Scotland, even for Malcolm himself. What is it like there on that first tee at the old course? So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we'll catch up soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse.